Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. You've been called a black magician. What is that? Well, you know, I, I, I would definitely put that term to myself. It's basically a, it's using, well, first of all, let's break down the word magic. It's, magic is being able to use non-physical or spiritual forces to create physical change in the world around us. Uh, the, the black part of it is basically doing that without restriction. So you're not working from somebody else's moral code or somebody else's scripture. You do have to develop your own moral code and, and, and use that to guide you absolutely. We all do need a moral compass of our own that, that can guide us. But that does come from within and from our, our experiences more than anything. But, uh, but it, it basically is magic without restriction. Who coined the phrase black magic? Oh boy, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't really know what I haven't asked you. That. I think the the first time that I that that I can say for sure it was it was in print with Alephus Levi when he uh, you know he drew out the first Baphomet uh, uh, figure, and I, that's the first time that I actually remember having seen it as far as you know going back in literature would be Alephus Levi. It, and it's it sounds like it could mean something very dark and something very evil, but it's not necessarily that, is it? You know, it's not. It 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 it, it definitely can be. I mean, when when you open the doors to everybody's uh, ability to interpret reality through their own moral lens without without having you know a set of uh, of doctrines or commandments, that kind of uh, that kind of freedom can be interpreted as, as anarchy, and, and for sure, for a lot of us, it does seem like a spiritual anarchy at first. We kind of go crazy with the power when we first get our hands on it. But uh, uh, there is a process that's underway when you immerse yourself in this magical field. The, the, the power of magic itself does create an alchemical process that perfects us, it purifies us. And so... We will work through the, the you know the need to or the need or the desire to, to, to control people and to, to put curses out there and stuff like that. That's all really lesser applications of magic. It, and so yeah, it does it definitely does evoke the the, the darker sense of things and the and, and the evil sense of things and that does have its place, working with the shadow self, working with the darkness not turning away from it. That is one of the biggest things that, one of the biggest gifts that I see right now is that we all have to sit at home and, and face whatever fears we have, face whatever darkness we have. We're not able to run from it anymore. And, and that is the essence of black magic is that there is darkness within and, and outside of us. And, and if we ignore it, it can devour us. If we embrace it and find a way to make friends with it, then it becomes our most powerful ally. Did Aleister Crowley practice black magic? <laughs> he did. He would say he didn't, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he most absolutely did. He uh, he he is one of the forefathers of, of of the modern magical movement that has resulted in in even things like like Satanism sprouting up like it has. Uh, Crowley Crowley definitely. Uh, Definitely was a torchbearer of, of Luciferian light. Now, your book is called Become a Living God. Your website is the same. Tell me about that name. Yeah, you know, Become a Living God is a, is an awesome project I got involved with with my partner, Timothy. He and I uh, basically put our heads together to figure out how we can go beyond the impact of a book. And, and what we found is that a lot of people 
kind of have an aversion to reading and to sitting and to, to, to thinking hard on things. And uh, people want the answers delivered quickly and, and, and concisely. And so uh, I started doing not just books, but, but uh, video content. I have been flooding the Internet with video content, live rituals, live uh, uh, video instructions on magic. So, uh, so I can get the information into people's hands. Uh, about how to actually use these occult formula to to transform the life in any way that you see fit. So, become a living God is 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 the central hub for that exchange of information. It's basically a project that has allowed me and then several other black magicians from all over the world to upload our our consciousness to the net, basically to take all of our experiences, all of our magical knowledge, and make it accessible to Anybody, wherever they're at in the world, the Internet has allowed such incredible communication, and I'm taking full advantage of it. Interesting. How did you get involved in this? You know, I was, uh, I was born into it. My, my, um, my grandmother was a witch. My, my, as far back as you can go in my lineage, I have, I have what you call witch blood in me, that, and, and it drew me. This. Now, I was given up for adoption shortly after uh, after my birth, and so I didn't know about that blood connection until much, much later. But I was always drawn to it. I, I was raised in a, um, a good Christian home, but I, I was drawn to invocations and, and, and summoning spirits and all of this that, that, that seemed to come out of nowhere until I in my late 20s, met my birth mother, and, and she wasn't surprised at all uh, by the fact that I had picked up on the family family bloodline. So, so I was really born into it, and I'll, I'll even go a step further than that. When I was born into this world, I already had knowledge from what I believe to be previous incarnations. So when I started learning occult secrets, they weren't secret to me. They weren't it wasn't learning, it was, it was remembering, that it was a flash of, of, I've already known this, I know how to apply it, and I just needed the refresher. Well, and you did it. You did it in a big way. This is what, book number 10? Oh, man, well, right now, so Become a Living God, uh, I've got the, the uh, book Become a Living God, people can get for free, becomingalivinggod.com, and uh, if they sign up uh, uh, for all my newsletters and all of that, you can get that book for free. But I'm actually working on book number 20 right now. So Wow! Yeah, yeah I've, uh, I have been flying forward uh, with, with a lot of collaborative works. One of the things that I see uh, that, that's going to be changing in the, in the near future, that's already changing, is we're moving away from the competitive model to a collaborative model. And so instead of just writing books by myself and competing with other authors, uh, I've been really keen on working with other authors to create collaborative works, like uh, compendiums that, that, that we'll put out, spell books that we'll put out together. So that has allowed me to, to, to put together these books that aren't just my creation, but are, uh, are, are divided among the many people that come in to become a living God and, and release their works through that. When you practice magic, do you toss out curses on people and spells and things like that? Oh, so at this point, I really try not to. I, I, I mean, I, I really do see. I, I will say, I have thrown curses on people, and and they are effective. They're terrifyingly effective. Uh, uh, so I, I respect, I respect the power of a curse in the same way I respect a firearm. 
and uh, and so I'm not going to just go shooting randomly at anybody that I see. So I've got to be in the I've got to be in a situation where it, it is absolutely required for my survival at this point. That's not necessarily the point that a lot of black magicians are at, but uh, but I do once again I do believe that magic itself will lead people to the to the understanding of their responsibility of this power. Because there is, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, and this is, in my opinion, the greatest power that a person can hold. Have you ever cast a spell on somebody, Eric, and something happened to them? Yes, yes, I've, I've, I've had, uh, <laughs> I've had instance after instance after instance of, of that. I mean, as far as you know, simple control spells, trying to, to, to get somebody to, to, to do my will uh, that they naturally wouldn't and, and, and have seen them instantaneously switch. All of a sudden, they're perfectly in alignment with what I want. Uh, I've also seen some pretty, once again, terrifying things happen where in, pl- in playing with this as a, as a teenager especially, I, uh, I guess I, I just didn't... Once again, I didn't have the respect for it. I was I was out there with a shotgun, just firing shots away, and uh, and I did. Uh, I have absolutely caused some unnecessary damage and seen some terrifying things happen to people. That uh, some of them that I would take back if I if I had that second chance because it is a it is a loaded gun. So you do have some regrets. I have I have some lessons that I've learned. Um, you know, regrets. Um, if there if there was no lesson to be learned and I and I just had to sit with it without extracting the insight, then it would definitely turn to a sour regret. But with the lesson extracted, it is exactly what I needed, and uh, that's an extremely selfish thing to say when it has absolutely caused caused suffering to people who may not have deserved it. But it is what I needed. What have you learned from that? Well, you know, once again, I learned the the uh, the power of it. So, if I if I cast a spell for money, let's say, uh, a business opportunity will pop up, and I'll take that opportunity and I'll run with it. Now, you could easily say that that's just self motivation, that, that that I saw that opportunity because of the ritual, and and I'm geared for it. Same thing with love magic. With a lot of these things, you can really write off as coincidence. But when you cast a curse on someone, and that person has Terrible things happen to them, or if that person dies, oh, you write, yeah, you can't write that off to to, to just being uh, motivation and just being a, a psychodrama. That 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 is the point where it really crystallizes in your mind. This is real. This is terrifyingly real, and and it. So what that did for me is that made me slow down a little and 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 think a little more carefully about how I apply all of this because it is. It is a, a tool that that can be a dangerous weapon if it's not if it's not necessarily in the right hands. Because I honestly don't believe any of us have the right hands. We're we're all uh, we are all fumbling in the dark trying to find out what is what at this point. But uh, but at least to to extract that lesson of the the intensity of the power of this, and then apply it more carefully with more direct precision. Beyond curses and spells, have you called up demons before? Uh, yeah, spirit evocation is one of my my fortes. I, your specialty, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Go to Eric if you need a demon. 
exactly. Or, huh. you know, or an angel. I, I'll work with angels from time to time, but I, I prefer not to. They're a little judgy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I love. Uh, I, I do love the the process of of evoking a, a spirit, uh, man, mainly in in the immersion that I can have with it. So, so I'll sit in my temple and 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 light the incense and the candles and and start going through the steps of the ritual. And the entire reality around me shifts. The, the, the whole room darkens and, uh, and, and until the point that the whole room just disappears and I'm standing face to face with an entity and a thing that should not really exist. And I can have a conversation, receive information that I didn't have before, sometimes in languages that I don't even speak. And so I've got to hit up, hit up uh, search engines to try to find uh, translations for, for the message I just received. And, uh, and and it's an intense experience. It's a, it's like a a seed that gets planted that sends me on this this really interesting treasure hunt that always results in in uh, understanding something more that, about myself, about the world, about reality that I didn't know before. And then the other the the flip side of that is also the the ability to have that spirit go do things in the world for me, things that uh, that. Uh, would require the the power of a very ancient, very powerful spirit, and uh, those are the ones I like to work with the most. What are, in your opinion, demons? Where do they come from? Most most demons that you'll find in grimoires or in uh, uh, you know, books of demonology, you can trace them. Almost every single one of them, you can trace back to uh, ancient Sumeria or to the Canaanites, and these are these are all almost always ancient gods and goddesses. And, uh, and so as, as one culture subsumes another, the, the two things that get instantaneously changed by the, the more powerful culture are the language and the religion. If you can change the gods that people worship and turn those into demons, and if you can change the words that those people use in their daily life, you've got their mind. And, uh, and so that's, that, that is a, a powerful, powerful weapon that's been used for as far back as we can see through civilization. So most of these demons actually are ancient gods, most of them being much more ancient than, than the gods that are worshipped in the Abrahamic religion. Are they evil? I mean, the name demon seems evil. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, the, the name daimon uh, from Greek just it basically just meant spirit or power or genius. And uh, it has developed a, a negative connotation through time. Are they evil? Evil is a pretty human concept. They are powerful, and they work in a way that is so mysterious to us that it, it seems often to be chaos. I mean, do they work for the devil, or do they work for God? Well, hmm. Huh. It's, a little, it's a little more binary than I think uh, we can really get with, uh, with this. It, God and the devil are, are, are really... On the same team. Uh, don't say one in the same. <laughs> they're not one in the same. They, 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 they are. Uh, they're different. Uh, they're definitely. Uh, they're definitely separate. They're definitely separate. And when I say the devil, I mean that's a that's a small word for such a giant force. That I I would just refer to this as the the Lord of Darkness, this, the Father of Darkness, and it, it is a a dark chaotic force. Uh, now, when I say dark and chaotic. It doesn't necessarily mean evil, nor does that mean uh, malevolent to humans, but that it is the force of change. That 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 it in, it injects the 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 chaotic force that 
is then counterbalanced by the light force that create the yin yang that uh, that really create everything and keep everything sustained. So that Lord of Darkness is a necessary part of the whole. We can actually see this if we look back to Persian magic, to Zoroastrianism, where it was understood that uh, that uh, Oramazda, the god of light and creation, was the uh, exact equal opposite of, of Angramainu, or the, uh, the the Lord of Darkness. That so they're not uh, we in our in, in Abrahamic religion, it's gotten to but the myth has gotten to the point where where the devil is seen as this impish figure that's that's earthbound or hellbound or or whatever. That's a pretty pretty new understanding of it. The more ancient understanding was that that these things are, are beyond good and evil. They are they are necessary forces of nature. And, and the demons are no more evil than a wolf is evil when it eats its, it eats a lamb. Have you ever been attacked by a demon? Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. You you have. Yeah. It's uh, uh, I I've never been attacked by a demon that I've called, but I have had other black magicians try to send demons at me, and and I have definitely experienced attacks. I've experienced uh, uh, extreme sickness, uh, uh points where uh, nothing seems to be able to go right. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.